Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we break down the May Melee Tournament, the dev update, and have an inside scoop on Project Aloha. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. I hope you are all doing well, and it is the end of the May Melee, so we've got like, we've finished pretty much a quarter, really, of the regular season already for the Overwatch League, which seems strange. It's it's so fast. Yeah, it does seem like it it kind of just came and and left. Uh, it was just really quick. Um, I mean, it was only four weeks, and then we got our first tournament. So it just feels mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the schedule is pushed up a lot. But at the same time, we just have to enjoy everything that we have here. I still don't think I've seen a single Toronto Defiant or Gangjo Charge match. I, yeah, it, it's it's more like we just haven't seen the actually. Yeah, they are they even are they even playing? Do we even see them in the first couple of weeks? Yeah, they played, but it's just <laughs> there was too much Overwatch to watch in too little time. Yeah, true. What do we have this week? Or uh. But actually, let's let's get into formalities. Yeah. How how are, you, how are you doing, Matt? <laughs> I am I'm okay. I got my second Fauci Ouchi today. Um, oh. What was how long ago was it? It was about about two hours ago. I had my second Fauci Ouchi, and um, I don't. So I feel weird because I don't feel any side effects except for a slight soreness in my arm. Yep. So like first round, I was like. Did I actually get the proper shot? I don't feel any side effects. I'm not complaining. It's just like everyone I know is that, oh my God, I feel like tired, lethargic. I'm, I'm feeling so bad. Um, I don't feel anything. So I got the second one and I'm I'm still not feeling anything. So I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm just like, oh, I got lucky. Hooray. Um, aside from that, I've been just been doing work i don't have to, i haven't had time but i've wanted to try i mean i downloaded dead by daylight i want to try playing it so i can like have an understanding of what the game is before i reach out to like crypt tv and see if we can get them as guests on the show um because they have their their skins packed for dead by daylight um but yeah it's 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 gonna be weird now that I have my second Fauci out because I can theoretically, after two weeks of waiting for it to take full effect, I can theoretically go back and rejoin the world and and, and be in person. So uh, it's gonna be weird getting used to physical interaction again. How about you, Kevin? How has life been in the Bay Area? It's been, uh, for me, I've been watching a lot of NBA basketball. Um, especially since we're getting closer to the postseason and uh that that is just like the the other sport that i follow i follow like a lot of esports and then just the basketball um but yeah it's been it's been fun to follow that uh for this past couple days um and then other than that i've been working on just working on my stream i want to get a couple more things up and running um i i just got a i got a i got an emulator for Ooh. a DS, 
for my PC. So the one thing that I originally thought was like when I played DS emulators in the past, I was really like not a fan of using my mouse as a stylus. Yeah, it feels like it's not it's not the same, right? Um, so what I did is I got a touchpad. I got like one of those like artist tablets, and I plugged it in, and then I made sure that the entire region of the the pad was the stylus like was the touchpad for the stylus so i ended up playing i think it was for like five hours last night i played like uh i played mario hoops three on three uh that that game is like absolutely bonkers and it's fun um i played a little bit of mario kart and some professor layton so Hmm. i'm just trying to get the the layout of it correct so that when i finally bring it over to stream it looks it looks solid yeah i've done like game boy emulators before mm-hmm. um and those were fine a, a little bit wonky sometimes um just because the screens were so small but ds emulator is something i've always been curious about yeah the hardest part about that is you know it's a dual screen thing that's what the ds stands for if you didn't know that dual screen uh but the the hardest part for me originally was like you play a ds and it's technically the display is portrait right it's up and down because you're looking at two separate screens in that orientation so on previous like computers that i've had i've only had you know the one uh landscape uh orientation monitor right mm-hmm. um but now i have one that's horizontal on my right so i've pretty much moved that whole DS thing over to that one and it feels so much better because like the screen itself feels like it's you know literally dual screen in the way how it's supposed to be laid out so even though my eyeline isn't necessarily where the camera wants it to be it, it looks and it feels a lot better um, to play on a horizontal monitor so um, or to play on a vertical monitor for, uh, for a DS emulator. So yeah, just just reminded me when you said like DS is stands for dual screen. Did you know that the the I in like iPhone and iPod and everything stands for internet? Uh, bruh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, yeah, we just thought it was just you know a a, a stick and a and a leaf that <laughs> you know Apple was being funny about. It's like oh, it's a it's a, it's a fruit on top. Oh, I thought it was I, also I like, like I as in like just like individual or for like me. That's yeah. what I thought it was. But it means like that's incidental. That was Steve Jobs trying to be cutesy with the branding, but it stands for internet. So I didn't know that. Um, and speaking of, of the NBA, the, uh, the secret sauce podcast with Wondery that I work on, uh, the current episodes that are releasing are about the NBA bubble. So if you want to know how the NBA pulled off that bubble during the, time of covid check that series out yeah and another thing that i remember from the bubble is like they actually converted that to the g league bubble when they actually brought up the season this year so it was just a lot easier for them to keep that system running because they knew that it, they knew that it worked so mm-hmm. might as well you know if teams are going to be playing in a smaller league you could all just have them all in one place make sure that they're all quarantined and ready to go so yeah, that, that was really cool of them. So anyway, let's get into the news of this week. Um, 
so coming uh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the the facebook and the twitter and the instagram posts everywhere the dallas fuel did in fact win the main melee which we're going to break that down in our gameplay episode as always um but fresh off that win they have signed big boss pine which is a which is interesting for me because like i haven't heard that name in so long yeah pine is one of those players who like when when I saw the announcement, I was like, "No, nah, they're they're kidding, right?" Like he, he's not coming back. He's he's just chilling. He's gonna go take a nap. What was um, it season two? Was the last time he he played? I think so. I think it was like he he took a break and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm 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 kind of done with this." So I thought, you know, th- this is a joke. They probably signed him to like a like a ten day during the off season kind of thing. Um, but no, they said that they want to bring him back for for sure, and. Uh, one thing that I like about it, about this specific, like pickup, is like we know how good you know Sparkle and Doha have been, mm-hmm. but now having somebody who is a dedicated hit scan um, might be able to help them out later on, especially um, as we get into later news about what's happening in this upcoming season. Do you really think they needed to bring in Pine for for them? I mean, like. What, do you think they're win- like part of this discussion about the Dallas Fuel is when XE left them, they were in a kind of state of they were positioned to be really good, but then they lost a key piece and then they just had to kind of flounder and scramble and manage. And then they end up winning the main melee without that all important dedicated DPS hit scan piece. So, um, I mean, they're in a good spot right now. Adding Pine, obviously makes them have that increased flexibility. Um, but the way that they're playing without that dedicated hit scan, it's, it's different from how other teams are playing. And it's kind of, and sometimes it's forcing other teams to play strategies that they're not prepared to do in order to, to match what the Dallas fuel are pulling out. So um, is, is this signing onto pine better because it makes them more flexible or, does it kind of remove the the extra it factor or or variety that the Dallas Fuel brought to the table? I feel like there's there's two parts to this. Like the first part is Exe and Sparkle were kind of a package together. Um, they they played together through uh, Korean contenders, and then when they came up and got picked up by the Paris Eternal, they were a bundle together, um, and then. You know, when they moved to the fuel, they were together. So there was that level of chemistry that Sparkle and XE had together mm-hmm. that worked in game. And that's something that is going to be tested, especially coming into this next season and with the pickup of Pine. Um, but with Pine, you also bring veteran experience. Like he uh-huh. has been, like, if you look at this entire roster, I don't think that there's anybody who is playing in either season one or two, who's on this roster um, at the moment. So it's more of like injecting some kind of, I guess, old wisdom into the team who is relatively young. It's it's important to have, you know, some veteran help when it comes into, you know, bringing up a new team. They don't know what to expect. So having this would be able to help them out a lot. So I think uh, picking up Pine was the right decision. Um, but yeah, once again, I I don't know how well he's him and Sparkle are going to be 
uh, together. Do you think that if 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 Xy can figure out his health issues and a ways to play so that it's not um, it's not physically taxing him, um, do you think that the fuel would resign him? And and now that you've got the 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 chemistry with Doha and Sparkle, and now bringing in Pine, where would if he came back, where would he fit in? Where where would oh if they brought if back, came back yeah if, if Xy came back, back it's kind of how can I say it? it it would be a little weird because both Xy and Pine play kind of the same role um I guess the best thing would be like if they convert Pine's player contract into like a coaching role um not like a full on coach but maybe like an assistant coach or like a player coach um. It would so be like really helpful for him. Yeah, like a Jake, essentially. Like he's he's there to be in there if he needs to be, but for the most part, he's mainly there to help counsel and guide the players as they go on through this journey. So Okay. So now so now that they do have Pine, are are they still gonna stay dominant, do you think? Does this just make them even more of a threat? I think I think they're scary. Um with with Pine. Like he the the question is like how much like has this gap either helped or hurt Pine, you know? Um mm-hmm. because obviously he hasn't seen the stage for a while. So we don't know if he's lost his touch, if he's still got it, right? Like maybe he's just like, you know, people just don't know about him, right? Uh or well, like we know about Pine, but we just don't know how good he is now. Yeah, um, he's been away from the scene for what this almost two years now. Yeah, so it's gonna be really interesting to see him come back. Um, so I feel like it's good help to have on the team for sure. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how Pine really fits in with this group. Um, but. Honestly, I don't think it's going to hurt them. I think, if anything, it's just going to help them out. Um, I don't know if it's going to be... I don't know if we're going to be able to see them play at the same level, especially with the new changes coming. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if, you know, if they unleash him. Like, maybe Dallas finds something that, you know, NYXL couldn't figure out with Pine, and then they just start going off, you know? Um it's going to be something interesting to look at for sure. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of on the, not speaking of, but like on the same topic of former NYXL players, uh, the Chinese teams have finally decided to end their ban on Sabiolbi. Um, If you remember what we talked, I believe it was last week we brought it up. Um, Sabiolbi on the, the Chinese streaming app was commenting that, um, as per the the regulations of those apps, as you as you may well know, that Chinese media is very heavily state controlled. Um, he wasn't allowed to talk about Hong Kong or Taiwan at all, um, and he felt very restricted by that. And he was upset and made comments. And so um, the Chinese teams said that as long as Sabiolbi is playing on a team, they would not play in that uh, matchup. So. Uh, according to the latest statements from the league, 
the Chinese teams finally decided after what they say were long rounds of negotiations that they would end that ban on Sabiolbi. They would be okay with playing on, on a match where he's playing again. Um, yeah, the, the Chinese teams all released their individual statements, but my question is, is what what were what happened in those negotiations? Because I feel like the Chinese teams at this point really had all the power because there were what four of them. That's so much of the APAC region, and and the the Shanghai Dragons being one of I would say the top, at least the top three teams in the league right now. Like. I feel like they had more power on their side, especially with the Chinese audience, the money from the Chinese teams, all of that. So what did they have to concede to besides saying, okay, we'll play with Saviolbi? And what did the Overwatch League itself have to give up for the teams? Because I, I don't feel like they would have gone, like just let this go just by by Saviolbi. Like they already said no to Saviolbi's original apology. So what what happened there? Yeah, I I actually have no idea what happened. Um, you know, obviously behind the scenes, that's only for for them. But at the same time, like I feel like what they said is like, oh, we're gonna ban any event that Sabiolbe is at. We're not gonna we're not gonna participate. That means right. like if he makes it into a me- melee tournament, they have to FF, right? <laughs> and uh, we we were discussing this. Uh, we were discussing this last week. It's like, if they keep this ban up on Sabiolbe, essentially, if, you know, uh, if the team does well, right, and SBB can't, like, just start winning, all the Chinese teams just have to concede because of their their hate against him, I guess. Like, just the way how the team is protesting, right? So they have to now acknowledge it. They have to say like, okay, well we have to play because otherwise you're, you're essentially throwing your match or just saying like, we don't deserve to win this because we're against your one player. And um, honestly, that that's not the way to go. Like you're out here to compete. Um, so I, I think, you know, this, this was just a matter of time before they were just saying like, okay, we're going to, we'll, we'll play. Uh, but at the same time, I just really don't understand how bad it had to be for them to be like really mad against SBB and force this whole thing to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that they overturned it for for themselves. Uh, I want to see good Overwatch. You know, I don't I don't want it to just be oh SBB is here, so we have to give up uh, the game. You know, just <laughs> at least make it competitive. If you're the sole dynasty here. What are you feeling like right now as the team, like going in, like having gone into this, wondering if if your team is going to be at the crux of controversy for very much longer, and then after now that now that it's been resolved, like how how do you as a team and a management process all of this going on? Um, as as Soul, I think obviously it's good press it's for for them they're just saying like you know what if we want to take free wins against any chinese team who wants to go against us that's fine like now that they postponed like the fact that they retracted their their thing and they're just like okay yeah we'll forgive them like now you're like wait now we actually have to prep against these teams like we can't just put in sabiolba and call it a day like that that sucks 
Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know if this is gonna. I I hope it doesn't prompt Sabiobe to like push the envelope and see if they do it again. Like <laughs> that'd be that'd be a really <laughs> troll way about uh, going about it. But I do think that you know, as Soul Dynasty fans, um, you're you're gonna be happy that they're gonna be for sure playing in their region a lot more. Um, and like, there's not gonna be any like mad protests against them. Um, you're just gonna enjoy the game how it is. Um, but if you're, if you're still dynasty, you, you now actually have to prep. Um, you can't just SBB and GG, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look and see if I can find the statements from these teams. Um, the, the Seoul dynasty team just said, oh, there's been a lot of, uh, emotions running high and pretty much, uh, here's what they said. Uh, from the Soul Dynasty, our team cares deeply about our fans and community. We respect that there are many emotions, and as a result of the recent issues, in the spirit of fostering healing, better understanding of one another, and delivering great competition for our fans around the world, all teams will be resuming normal activities, and we look forward to making you proud in our next match. Um, I think here the Dragons, let me see if I can bring up this photo. Uh, what the Dragons said was, the post is literally just titled statement our team is very concerned about the voices from our community and among our fans and we respect the many emotions that have risen due to the team's viewpoints previously previously expressed through the active involvement of the overwatch league and with collaboration from the teams involved we recently had many rounds of discussion and have finally reached an agreement on the incident meanwhile all teams have agreed that providing the best competitive matches for our fans around the world is the number one priority we will resume normal activities with each other based on mutual respect and unity. And we look forward to making our fans proud in the upcoming tournaments. Thank you, everyone. Um, and so the other Chinese teams released very, very similar statements as well. Um, but I mean, something about this seems a little bit like, I don't know. It, it doesn't, I don't really feel, Feel that it's genuine where they say oh we we are concerned about our our community voices like nah i don't buy it but at least they're playing again yeah i i think the the first half was like it, it was okay like i think the one thing that they were just making sure is like the competition part of it they're saying like we know that we want to play competitively and with what we said that we're gonna protest any game that has SBB in it, um, is not good for our record. Oh you know? yeah. So that's that's the main aspect of it. They want to stay competitive, and uh, like if you would just put out a statement saying, "Hey, uh, we want to clap SBB <laughs> in game. Give us SBB. Of, give us SBB." Like I would be fine with that. Like. It could be an informal Twitter post, and I would be like, okay, the Chinese teams are now out for blood, and this is going to be interesting now. Um, but at the same time, I do understand, like, they, they want to be very, you know, PR about it. They want to make sure that everybody is, uh, everybody's included. It's all nice and flowery. Uh, but at the same time, you just don't want to give them that. You, you don't, you don't want to take the L every week, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's the main reason. They're saying, it's kind of funny how it kind of like took place like only after kind of the main melee stuff. 
um, and like the weeks leading to it, because they were just like, oh well, if they get there, you know, uh, we don't we don't want to lose anything during the regular season. Like their regular season's over, so we can just we can start talking about this. Mm-hmm. So today we also got a brief update from Aaron Keller, who is the new Jeff from the Overwatch League. He's creative director of the game um, for Overwatch Two. Um, unfortunately, he did not start the video with, hey, this is Aaron from the Overwatch team, which sad. Um, but it really wasn't that substantive. Pretty much he just said there are changes coming that were still in development. We understand that you want to see things and understand what's happening. So on May 20th, there's going to be a PvP showcase to um, show us all the things that they're up plenty of inputting into the player versus player aspect of the game so taking a um a different direction from all the other reveals for overwatch which have mainly been focused on that story pve mode so that'll be an interesting change in pace and then on may 24th there's going to be a, an ask me anything an ama with the devs on reddit so um that's something to hopefully we'll get a lot of information out of that one um, the community I generally asks pretty good questions. So I'm feeling like May 20th is going to be a good overall and just technical demonstration so we can see how it'll work. And then May 20th, we'll get a lot of nitty gritty or 24th, May 24th. We'll get a lot of the, uh, the nitty gritty details of, of everything. Yeah. The, the brief dev update was just enough to kind of get us excited for what news could be coming around the corner. Um, you know, with a, was it a, it's PvP showcase, right? Yeah, the PvP showcase. Yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to see if they change anything, like rules wise. Like I remember that Matt and I were pointing out specifically, like um, in some of the trailers, it only looked like there was one tank, mm-hmm. and if it does go on to five v five, how different are the tank roles and all the you know little nuances that they added to each class? Instead of the you know the one specific overarching thing um, yeah. to the to the entire class, so we'll see how that really uh, plays out, and also you know who they in, who they decide to bring for the showcase. Um, it, it would be really cool to see that. Um, but also the the Reddit uh, AMA, it's going to be probably bonkers. Some of the questions <laughs> are going to be weird, but you know that some of them are actually going to be very helpful. So um, we'll see if we get anything. Uh, of note from the AMA. I'm interested in seeing like if they'll show us new modes because whenever the, whenever Jeff and um Aaron have like kind of talked about it very briefly they they say modes new modes so we know we're getting push mode, right? Yeah. What else would we possibly be getting? Cuz I, I know there's been talk and and Jeff teased a little bit about this before he left. Like, are we going to see the end of 2CP because everybody hates 2CP? Um, or is that just going to be like more more of a league thing that they're just moving away from 2CP? Also, like, if if the, the, the five-man team with only one tank goes through, we've talked about this before, but just seeing, like, watching the main melee and, like, really seeing what difference it makes to have those two dominant tanks like how does this change how the league is going to run how like we ourselves are going to play this game like i this that's so 
strange because like you've got some really dominant off tanks who not who can't necessarily play the game as a main tank so how how's that going to affect how we play um also do you think they'll show us like the new maps that they've been working on yeah that's another thing that like i'm really interested in so the first one was you know jeff said no what is it no two cp yep uh so what other mode is going to replace that in you know the five map rotation so besides push obviously we need something else to kind of fill in that spot so they'll definitely think of something and then obviously like when that happens what happens to the two cp maps Mm -hmm. just get converted into something else or is there going to be like uh, is it going to be like literally two cp where it's like whoever has the most after an x amount of time wins the game so it just becomes like base protect kind of deal uh I, I hope it doesn't become like capture the flag. That'd just be kind of weird. Uh, yeah. uh, but honestly, it would. It's really interesting to see that. Obviously, the new maps. We want to see how they're laid out and how teams, you know, even though it might be the first time on it, how they're maneuvering their way around it. Um, if there's anything extra or special about the maps, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see, as well as you know the hero buffs that they they were mentioning i don't know if they're going to implement it but if it does it will be really interesting to see how you know the the train of thought that they're putting into overwatch too and if you know this is going to be enough to bring a resurgence back into the game or if it's just going to be another thing that you know diehard players are going to keep going and then the rest of us are just going to be like cool new skin we'll, we'll come back in a we'll come back in a couple months so we know that um, Sojourn is, has been in the works and I'm hoping that they show us a little bit of how she plays. I think this would be the perfect opportunity to do that unless they re- they want to save her for something later. Um, but do you think there's any chance that maybe they'll, they'll tease another hero in? We know that they're working on a couple right now already, but um, who would you want to see them tease? Oh, um. I mean, I want to see how MAGA plays, but I think for all of us, us, uh, us people out here, I, I want to see Junker Queen. I want to see if they have a model for her and obviously like what role she would play because we know that she's like relatively, you know, hardcore if she has to live in the same environment as like Roadhog <laughs> and Junkrat, right? Yeah. Um, and then what role does she fill, right? Um, if she's like an off tank with like a sledgehammer, that would be really fun. Um, but I feel like there should be some synergy with Junkrat and Roadhog. I don't know what else you could really add to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be really cool to have like, you know, you, you have your Junker squad ready um, and and just going, you know. So um, that's one of them that I'm I'm interested in seeing. Yeah, my my preferred pick would be Junker Queen as well. Um, on that, on that note as well, I think it, this would be if they really want to f- um, focus heavy on the the PvP aspect and nothing PVE. I've seen it teased somewhere. I can't remember where I read it that we might not see Junkrat and Roadhog in the story of Overwatch Two just because it, they don't really fit anywhere in it. And like honestly, I'm very confused where 
they fit in the game besides, oh, they were in Australia, which had a big Omnic thing happen there. Um, so since she's not in the story, if they if they would confirm that there and just show her off as a PvP hero, that would be really interesting. I think that'd be um, something I'd like to see. Also, the um, the new Japanese hero that they were teasing with. Um, oh, the yokai. Stuff. Yeah, the yokai hero. So yeah. maybe get a little bit more of her backstory because we we understand a little bit about Junker Queen already. We understand a little bit about um, Maga already, but we we really don't know too much about this new hero. So um, for me, it's either Junker Queen or um, the Yokai hero would be my bet to see or my pick to see. I don't know if you know, the PVP would be the best way to announce these characters, personally. I feel like mm-hmm. if it was done in a PvE mission, like, let's say if you had to do a mission, right? And, you know, we kind of got introduced to Sojourn through, I think it was Storm Rising, right? Uh, which one's the London one? The the London one? Oh, no, she's not in that one. She's in, yeah. you're right, she's in Storm Rising. Storm That's, Rising. You're right, you're right. Yeah. I, was, I was mistaken. So, yeah. like, imagine if you had to do, you know, a Talon, an old archives Talon mission with Baptiste, Maga, uh, Widow, and Doomfist or something like that, right? Um, that would that would be an interesting way of kind of, like, introducing the character and letting players test it out before you bring it into competitive. Um, and if that's their way of, like, doing that, that would be really cool. Um, Besides the announcement trailers, like the announcement trailers, I always look forward to um, as well, because we're like, what does that do? You know, like when we first saw Moira, I was like, yo, she's like David Bowie Zen. Like, that's cool. Uh, she's She's got a laser beam. We don't know what that does yet. But yeah, it, it'd be really cool to see either. I, I mean, an announcement trailer would be pretty cool, but also like just sneaking Sojourn into you know, PvP uh, showcase would be really cool to just, like, figure out how the character plays uh, against each other. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, my worry is that they're not going to... They'll they'll focus very little on actual, like, gameplay aspect and just focus on the more technical side. Like, if... Like, BlizzCon Line this year, they didn't really tell us much. They just said, oh, we're focusing on, like, the sound and stuff. In um, the rain yeah stuff like that and then i mean we they did give us like certain things like they're how they're changing ryan how they're like the skill trees will work they they gave us a lot of info but not necessarily everything that we wanted so um i hope that this isn't it but i'm going to temper my expectations because this is still i guess relatively early if they really still are everything they're going to show is still under development so um they they might show us very little or the things that they show us might change as well. So um, I, I'm going to choose to be cautiously optimistic about what we see. Yeah, knowing knowing Blizzard, they probably won't show us too much, but it's cool to like see what they give us, you know? Just enough to keep us like baited and say, hey, we gave you content. We're showing yeah. you what's happening. We're showing you things. Don't worry about it. So the, the last thing on, on news is this is a very short news week. Um, the June joust is coming is, is going to be starting the, the tournament 
circuit has been reset or well, not technically reset the the record's still there but it's a new tournament um we're going into this and the different thing about the june joust is now we're going to have the hero pools back so hero bands are coming in i'm going to change up the meta completely uh i know on the outlaws twitter they were saying hey who do you want to see banned from the june joust so kevin what are your thoughts on that uh the june joust i mean the bringing back the hero bands i feel like is interesting um like i understand we we kind of saw the same thing uh on each map uh and bringing that back really does help um with i guess with diversity of the game and just seeing like what they could offer um but at the same time we kind of like we like that creativity it's the same thing like when we had hero uh hero pools introduced for the first time in you know the entirety of overwatch um competitive you're just like uh what do i do like if my one character <laughs> gets banned yeah um but at the same time i feel like it's now time for like teams to get really creative about it um you know we've been seeing a lot more players like do weird things i mean like we we've seen violet on dps we've seen you know a bunch of other players switching roles here and there so we'll see if uh we'll see if anything else changes that whole format um and obviously like how deep a team is like if you have enough people to um if you have enough people to fill in all the all the roles when do you play certain players i mean at least the this tournament right now has been very dominated by the winston play right so yeah it, it's been very much like getting into the back uh, not allowing them to play their supports when they want to, um, and and just making that as difficult for them as possible. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they're if they're trying to break away from this meta right now, I think we're gonna see a break away from the Winstons. Um, Ball has also been very dominant on this this um, in this meta, at least with the top teams if, that are running as close to the meta as they can. So. What was it? It was it was one tank, two DPS, and one healer. Is what they banned, right? I think so. Okay. So on my end, I want I would like to see the Winston maybe taken out a little bit, at least for I don't know if they're going to do it the entire tournament or if it's going to be a week to week thing. Um, well, I haven't seen any news stories about how exactly they're they're handling that, but I guess we'll find out. Um, but I'd like to see maybe the Winston taken away um maybe either the tracer or the sombra because those both have been very dominant um and the mccree i think would be an interesting thing because a lot of teams are very reliant upon mccree play yeah i feel like it's going to be really interesting to see which they decide to ban i mean i do understand like if they take out winston it does Take up a lot of the ways how teams are going to be playing um but we'll see obviously like if the cat bans orissa we're just going to be like all right we're nothing changed here <laughs> like uh but honestly i i think it's going to be really interesting to see if the teams get creative again like if you know they start doing uh they start bringing back halt hook or something like that they start start doing some weird stuff uh we'll never know until we actually get the ban itself 
I mean, I do you feel like the hero bands are even necessary? Because I feel like at least so far, there is generally been a good variety of what teams are picking. I don't feel like like although the Winston was central to a lot of teams, they they switched when they needed to. You you even saw like Soldier 76 and Reaper getting played, and they very rarely get played anymore. Um, you saw like a healthy amount of Farah from Fleta, stuff like that. So I on one hand, I like how it, it forces the players to change up the meta so that we're not seeing the same thing tournament by tournament. Um, but on the other hand, I, I don't know if it's necessary. Yeah, I feel like right now we're actually quite diverse. Like, depending on how the teams want to play a certain map, uh, they'll do something different. So, um, yeah, I do agree. I feel like the hero bands might not even be necessary considering how fluent or how weird uh, some of these team lineups can be depending on, you know, the, the comfortability of the players. But at the same time, like, I, I guess if they want to bring it back and have something that forces the players to play something different, um, that would be the way to go. So with that coming in, um, do you th- how do you think the teams are going to respond? How is the, the tournament stacking going to go? Because, I mean, like we talked about, the Fuel were already playing. Now that they have Pine, this is, this, it's different. But they were already playing like, with a limited ability to, to maximize their efficiency. So with this coming in, do you think certain teams are going to lose out or or are the teams on top already dominant enough so that it doesn't really matter um yeah that's a tough one i i do think that i think that the teams that are ready for this kind of change are are ready to take things on like this i think this is like honestly i think this is where the shock excel the most because they have a lot of people who specialize in a certain role um and they don't really need to to worry about a lot of what is it like not having a piece ready for a certain meta, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like that is something that they're going to be looking forward to, um, just having better, having a good setup ready um, for the actual game. Yeah. Well, if that's the end of this news week, Kevin, why don't you why don't you tell everybody what we're doing? What's special this week? Why we have three episodes instead of just two? Oh, okay. So my casting partner for Valorant of all things um, is actually a member of the of the University of Hawaii Manoa, um, and from Project Aloha, as we know from this this previous May melee, um, it was held in Hawaii. So he's actually one of the students who is working on the whole production and setup of that stream. So I thought it would be really interesting to bring him in. Um, you know, if you guys want us to do a mini cast, we can do that as well, just to kind of give you a vibe of what we do individually. Um, but also, it's just really cool to, to have somebody who is on the inside to actually, you know, meet the players, set up the PCs, make everything work, and then create something um, and see it come to fruition, obviously. Um, another thing that like we'll definitely be asking him is like, how did 
you know, how did this end up becoming a thing? How did, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, how did the Overwatch League decide on, obviously, Manoa? Um, and how did they get all the logistics and all that stuff uh, set up for them? So make sure you tune into that episode of the podcast. Uh, you guys will get a lot of really cool insight. And Project Aloha, once again, is not only for the May Melee. It's for every upcoming tournament from this point forward. So um, we're going to be hearing from them and you know, they're going to be having a lot more experience coming uh, in the upcoming weeks as well. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning into this. Make sure you tune into that one. Also tune into our gameplay section where we're going to break down what actually happened in the main melee and and why the tournament went the way that it did. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next week. Adios. Next week, we get back into the regular season schedule and bring you more gaming and Overwatch news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.